Sizzle, baby! Sizzle! Keep sizzling. Great things take time. You're listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. Oh, it's hot, baby. Hot. Woo! Hot fire! You know what it is. It's the sizzle in the building. Hotter than fire, hotter than lava. It's the hottest time in the 219. This is where you are for all of your sports information, but not just sports. We talk music. We talk culture. We talk everything right here at WGVE 88.7 FM. This is the sizzle. You know who's in the building. He's Jay Sizzle. I'm G Sizzle. We are here to entertain you for the next few hours so that you all are getting your Saturday fix of everything. We want to say a big shout out to Minister Ayana and Big Will and everybody who was here before us. Big Willie Style. You know, Big Willie Style, man. That used to be the jam. That that, that used to be the jam. You don't tell everybody that, but that used to be the jam. You know, I I listened to a little Big and Willie Style. Wait a minute. I don't think that came out right. But, you know. You know what we do. We talk the best and the hottest mess in the 219. That's what we do because that's what we do every Saturday. Listen, Jay, we got some guests coming in tonight. We got a lot we got to talk about. I know you got your mix later on. It's going to be a live show. So just sit back and relax, everybody, and make sure that you're enjoying yourself here with The Sizzle. If you have not subscribed, liked, and shared, make sure that you find The Sizzle 219. That's The T-H-E Sizzle 219 on any platform you're on. We're on every social media platform, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where we are, too. Yep. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We are like snow right now. You know what, though, people, people, people? Y'all act like we don't live in the Midwest. Just because it was 75 degrees, you was running around in your flip-flops for Christmas, Mm -hmm. don't mean that this weather wasn't coming. I want my Christmas flip-flops back. I want my Christmas flops back. I want to be able to wear my shorts, and I want to be able to have my Tommy Bahama shirt on when I go outside to take my trash Tommy Bahama. I haven't had a Tommy Bahama shirt in a while. That's right, and I'm telling you now, now I see why the old people go to Florida. Well, that because you can get away with your Velcro. You, you see those people with your Velcro on right now? That Velcro come loose out of the snow. You're going down. Oh, man, if you get your Velcro open, then it's a it's a disaster. But I'm telling you right now, my life is now in the point where I have to do slip-ons and and side movements. See? That, that was somebody going down right there. Yeah, that's right. something was falling down. <laughs> it was going all the way down. I'm telling you right now, this winter has been throwing people down, putting people down, and it has just been one, Jay. Yeah, you know, it's and what's always amazing to me, I had to go uh, last Saturday to an event, and that's when the first snow was actually sort of cold, cold hit, and you was figuring out, did you really want to go out there? And I'm driving down 30, and for some reason, when I turned the car to go right, it just wanted to go left. I don't understand. I had to reverse drive. I had to reverse Vitilago, my vehicle, down the highway, 
And um, have you ever noticed the people that just want to do, they want to do the speed limit no matter what the weather condition is? Man, let me tell you something. You know, last week I was in Michigan. Uh-huh. And we think we have winter. Well. No, 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 no. No, my friend. They have winter in Michigan. They have what's called ridiculousness. It It is a whiteout. It is a snow out. It is everything out. Everything was out. I went to stop my truck, and it slid to the stoplight. And you know the thing that's amazing? And you have to gauge how far your cargo slide. Bruh. You know, and because my van, you know, the Jay Sizzle Mobile, oh. that I leave a piece of me wherever I go, that's the like, that's like my love for you. You that's know what right. I'm saying? It's the Mystery Mobile. It's the Sizzle Mobile. And everywhere you are, a piece of it will be there, too. You know, that, I, I still don't understand. I got stopped by the police. They said, you know, you're only driving on three wheels. I said, well, that's even better because sometimes I only have two. Well, hey, at least they found you found that extra one. I mean... <laughs> How you, how you driving down there? How you drive? You know, I, you know. Remember Joey? Remember uh, Joey? What Joey Chitwill, the, the Speed and Thrill Show? Yes. No, he was driving on the two tires. Yes. That's how I drive all the time to work on them two tires. I just oh, flip it up coming down the road. We oh all good because I got four donuts in my car. Hey man, shout out to the Experience Barbershop, my man What's Cam up? the Barber. Cam. Uh, just saw them in there. They in there still trying to get that work in. Getting the cuts uh, in. Getting the cuts in. So God bless them. And God bless all those people who are out there working in the snow and in these frigid temperatures. Listen, it's not the snow that's really the, the, the bugaboo around here. Yeah. It's the cold. It is the negative temperatures for a consistent week that, I mean, for some people, I, I understand now why people – Make that move. And they oh, yeah, say, they call snowbirds. You got to go. Like, as soon as that weather hits, they down for four months and they come back. You know, it's cold out there when your dog look outside, look at you go, nope. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> amazing. I remember we had a dog, and he wouldn't come out in the winter. No. And so if he put his paw outside and it was too cold, he wasn't going out. No, and he just look at you, and you look at him, how you going to get mad at him? Right. He's like, man, I'm about to hang. You better put me somewhere because I'm about to do this business about to get done. And you had to, like, make his little business area right off the steps, right when you came out off the steps, because he wasn't going any further down. So then, but, you know, he was trifling, too, so he would just wait till he got back in the house. And then, you know, have you ever seen a trifling dog? There's one thing to have a, a, a cantankerous dog, but trifling is a whole different. Well, you know, He's well, a you dog know, that's trifling. Well, you know, he look at you, you know, you know I'm about to go do something I ain't supposed to do, right? Right. <laughs> Always. That's what and I mean, he was so trifling. He was contrived in his triflingness. He would go into corners and areas and sections. Nobody went in, you know, under tables and places. And that's why I don't like little dogs to this day. You and gotta be a big dog to run the and yard. You know what happens is that the little dogs know you ain't going up underneath that table. Yes. You're, yes. You're not coming down here home. And then they just look at you like just talking about with the head turn. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he always gave you that head turn, like, hey, <laughs> wait till about a day or two. And then the worst thing is when you have, you know, you have guests come over. Yeah. And you haven't been in that area and where the situation he's been. Is going on. Right. And then you're like, hmm, I must have dropped some coal in here <laughs> because I I don't remember barbecuing in the living room. <laughs> and you got and you got like air fresheners going on, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You right. know. And he would just, and he didn't even mind. He just hiked his leg up. Why? Why right your whole there. house? Why your whole house smell like dollar store for breeze? Bruh. <laughs> you just, 
<laughs> you just got Febreze right in everywhere. Cups. You just pouring everywhere. it around like shot glasses. Praying. It's just it's carpet freshener everywhere. You ain't, you ain't oh, fooling nobody, Bruh, You haven't fooled nobody. They know they're like that's your nasty dog. They, they know the scent, and the dog just standing there wagging his tail, talking about I ain't been outside in three days. Okay, let me tell you how trifling he was. Oh, it was one Christmas. Uh-huh. We had a guest come in. Uh-huh. He never done this before. Well, and I, thank God he never did it again. But for some reason, he didn't like Mr. Rollette. And Mr. Rollette, if you're listening, well, I guess he can't because he's not here to listen. But his people may be listening. Well, you know. And, and please, uh, all the Rollettes, send all your uh, complaint mail to G-Sizzle, <laughs> care yes, of G-Sizzle.com. Because this was, this was uncalled for. It was unprecedented. It was uncalled for. And in the great words of the teacher, it was churlish. So, so what did the little poochie do? My man, we're on the porch, getting uh-huh. ready to go out, let Mr. Rollett out, you know, do the thing. And then all of a sudden, you just heard this sound. No. Yes. All, I mean, my man just, he took his leg, and it wasn't even the little hitch. It was the, the ah. And he put it up there and was like, eh. And it was like, and all you heard was, yeah, yeah. And, I didn't even know he'd had that much water. And Paul and po Mr. Rowlett standing there stunned. Yes, everybody, because, you know, now mother's like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. And I'm like, bruh. And he's like, mm, I told him that's what he gets for standing there. I don't know if he didn't like crocodile shoes, because I think Mr. Rowlett had, he had on some nice shoes. But whatever that day was, that was his day. And Mr. Rowlett, when he left out there, was step squish, step squish. It was just, it was just squish. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. squishy. And then, you know, my parents... You know how, if you didn't grow up in a black household, you missed the whole experience because when you had good black parents, they had everything carpeted. You know what? Everything. And I'm going to tell you what else they had. That living room where you nobody could go nobody, in. Nobody, you can't and go in had, there. And they had all the stuff, saran wrap, yes. with that half an inch plastic on yes. it. Like they had the most beautiful furniture in the world, but we never knew what but color it was because it all just looked like white, that white, and with the big zipper on it. You never knew because you didn't go in there. I was a grown man before I walked into my parents' the, uh, living room. The area. first time I ever I saw grown. my parents sit in that room, I think the pastor came by. You know, the pastor, because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. he always got the big piece of chicken. Yes, yeah, he gets the big piece of chicken. He always gets the good plate. You pull out the nice silver, and you know, you serve him with that one. And I always wonder why he got the big piece of chicken because he wasn't staying long enough, but I figured maybe. If you gave him the big piece, he wouldn't ask for any more. Oh, absolutely not, sir. No, that was my, not my, my dad used to look at him like this. I know you ain't going to take two breasts. Two? <laughs> <laughs> you bruh, know, no, bro. You can't come in. You can't come into no black man's house and take two breasts. Of, you can't just have the two chickens. It just is what it is. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is just, it's a day in the life of the winter here. And yeah. this is what happens on the sizzle. When it gets too cold, things get silly. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So, you know, when you're out there sliding around, mm-hmm. just listen to the sizzle. Because if you, if you slide over and you stuck, we're going to keep you warm. Listen, and shout out to my niece for some reason. Uh-oh. Now, now I got to tell the story, too. Oh, here we go. All right. So, my I'm niece sorry. decides to pop into town last night. Uh, they're coming from Minnesota, Minnesota, and I don't act like she doesn't know. Like, bruh, it's cold in Minnesota. Uh-huh. So she pops down, and they're taking her son to Indianapolis, and they're going to do a turnaround. On a cold day? I said, you're going to turn what around? You're going to turn around in the parking lot? Where are you, where are you turning around to? Because yeah. you're not going to drive there and then drive back see, to Minnesota, See, right? what people don't realize. Yeah, and tell that out to Minnesota. What people don't realize <laughs> is that when you drive from here to Indianapolis in the snow, 
you got to tack on triple time because you're not going to get there. It ain't going to be that little two and a half hour. You're going to slide down there like you could. No. First of all, everybody knows here that 65 past Route 30 is the obstacle course of death. You know, I've never understood this, but 65 tonight when I came and I knew 65 was clear. I eased on down oh, yeah. Broadway. Yeah, you're I'm like, like, oh, you're not taking me out today. Mm-mm. No, so, and in great fashion, unlike people who uh, read, and ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, reading uh-huh. is fundamental. It is. It's a great tool and resource you need. Yeah. She didn't realize that she was driving into the storm. The storm had passed us, and it was going that way. Well, you know, out there on 65, the Great Plains where the uh, the big windmills are blowing. Yes. And when those windmills are spinning at 100 miles an hour out there. Yes. And the snow, look, I have seen snow drifts out there the size of your car. Let me tell you something. 65 is the, the, the land. It's the range where the buffalo roam. But it's not buffalo. That's actual snow. That is snow that you see over in those yards. The cows are all frozen. They just thaw out in the spring. I'm telling you, bruh, so she drives. She sends a video, uh, yeah. and it looks like a snow-nami. You're yeah, just yeah, like, there's yeah. no, I don't even know if they were on the road. And, and now, thinking about it, in hindsight, I don't think they were on the road. I think they were just driving through a farm. And the thing about it is, you are in no man's land, because ain't nobody, there's nobody out there. Nothing out there. You're not going to stop. You know, they're not going to stop. Yeah. And all you're going to hear is, do we have coyotes? Well, if you stay out there long enough, I guess you will find you know a coyote. What I saw? You know what I saw? I saw a deer about the size of an elephant the other day. We saw a deer coming out of here. Yeah. I thought he was in class, but I was like, he is. <laughs> He's super early. I'm like, bruh, did he come out the front door? And, like, and that was the week the deer had to hit out on me. Because every time I was oh, driving, man, I was coming down right. Taff, and the that's deer was right. running down the side of the car that's talking about, right. is that him? They was looking at me, is that him? Like, oh, let me girl. cut in front of him. Get him, get him, girl. And then they're like, oh, I got away again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We got a piece of his car. We know where he is. Yeah. Well, you know, the G Sizzle Bill, the J Sizzle Bill is still out there. Well, look here, man. So to wrap this wonderful story up, yeah. when you don't see – the trucks moving when the eighteen wheelers aren't moving. When they stop and say no, you should say no. Yeah, no, because they understand. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They go if they keep mm-hmm. rolling, like okay, you can get behind one of them and you're gonna be alright for a little while. Look, but when they slow down, you slow down. It, but you know, it's the people with the pickup trucks. They're ridiculous. They're <laughs> ridiculous. And let me say this to all my Southern Indiana uh, brethren and sistering. Yeah. Just because you got a Ram F one fifty, F two fifty, six nine fifty. Whatever it is, it is not the Jesus mobile. You are not riding in the Batmobile. You are <laughs> impervious to to snow. And sir. the funniest thing they do, they throw that hundred pound bag, a fifty pound bag of sand over the over the axle in the back. Thinking that that'll be enough traction. No, it won't. You know what? I think I got this one, Chad. I'm gonna put some. I'm gonna put some. Some goddamn gonna steal back there, and then ain't nothing gonna happen to me. And then you see him fishtailing now. <laughs> Route 30. Spinning around like speed racing. Like the bruh. Who, I'm serious. We were yeah. at the light. Bruh came off of Salt. We were coming into Salt Village. He makes a turn. First of all, you know not to hit the accelerator in the snow and you're in a charger. But I thought my man was coming in to me. Why are you out there anyway? So I just made a slick. I was like, eh. And I pulled up and I was like, well, he can be stopped by the car behind me. I felt kind of bad, but I kept moving. I always laugh at them people out there. You know you know when you bought that car in June that you was not going to be able to right. drive it in January. Hey, you might as well just keep it in the garage until April. 
And that's about the only. <laughs> and they come out there, and, it, and it's sitting about three inches off the off the road. Like, oh, all your all your spoilers about to be gone. Mm-hmm. Your little rims. Mm-hmm. You got you still left your slicks on. Didn't didn't think to take those off. No, no, no. <laughs> Who does that? I need my slicks on. And needless to say, so did my niece. She slicked herself into a ditch. Four hours. She was four hours in the ditch. Four hours in the that doesn't even sound right, but four hours in the ditch. That, that's you know what? I might that might be my new my new radio station name. <laughs> four, four hours, hours in, in the, the ditch. ditch. <laughs> the, <laughs> the DJ, what you say? You know. Four hours in the ditch. I know, right? And then when we do the podcast, we'll change well, okay. Well, I can't say what I'm gonna say, you know. Okay, God bless you, Jesus. So G, how was how was how was your day today though? Bruh. It's one of those days where I'm just thanking the Lord and thank all the prayer warriors. Amen. Because this has been a rough week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, it's been it's been one of those weeks. We had a um, thank everybody who's prayed for my mother this week because it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Bro. rough. It's been a. It was one of those touch and go weeks. Yeah. It was that three days up week. It was. It's been. Um, hmm. It's been one. Yeah, it's always um, uh, when you find yourself in caring for a parent, you know, and sometimes the parent don't want to let you care for them as much as you want to care for them. You know, that, that parent that parent-child relationship somehow still doesn't switch even though you're doing most of the caretaking, you know. Right. It just becomes it, – it, it, it switches on you real quick. So there's nothing like taking care of a nearly 80-year-old toddler. It is um, – <laughs> It's the most nerve-wracking thing in this planet, but thanks to the Lord and thanks to the belief that things are going to get better any way it goes, Jacob. Amen. That's how it goes. That's That's how it goes. You just have to take it every day for what it is. But listen, man, let me tell everybody what's coming up on the show. Uh At the 830 hour, we're going to have Frank the Tank. That's Frank the Tank Marshall from CCA. Uh, Look, man. We still got to talk some more football. We got to talk this Bears things. We got to talk a lot of stuff. And we got a lot more in the 9 o'clock hour. We're going to talk some basketball, too, because there's some things that are going on. But especially the Chicago Bears, 830 hour, we're going to talk about it. So, you know, we're just chopping it up right yeah, now. All, all types of stuff is happening with that with the Bear. <sighs> yeah. You know, Frank the Tank's going to come over here. And you know, You know, he has always that unique perspective. Always about what's happening, you know. It's always interesting. Make sure to keep the dump button there, man. <laughs> and since we don't have one, we just gotta go. Don't, no, 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 not again. Don't do it. Man, he's gonna do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's how it's just how it's, it's, just how, it's how we do. But listen, man, I'm really excited about listening to your mix later on tonight. So, yes, I I am excited about the Jay Sizzle mix. That's right, because ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. If there's one person who procures all of the greatest unknown house music in the history of man, <laughs> it is Jay Sizzle. No one else knows this music but Jay. I think even the artists who had that don't even know what it is. You know, is. sometimes I, my crate's deep with this house music. Y'all just don't know how deep the crate is. I'm back in the Euro disco. I'm pulling out stuff. I, You know, I didn't even know MP3s could have dust on them. <laughs> <laughs> what is where did that one come from? But uh, yeah, it was a good, good mix out today. It's gonna be fun, uh, uh, especially for you, any of you househeads out there. You know what's funny about it now? It's like um, uh, every once in a while I try to introduce the youngins to a little house music, and they look at you and go, 
what's that? Because it's not a genre of music. It's not. It doesn't even touch mm-hmm. a genre of music. Because this group, this these young people today, they don't they don't they don't have dance music, unless it's um you know, I don't even know, even Taylor Swift's music. All the only other music that's really dance music might be that K-pop, and it's just more or less. It's just it, it's um rhythmic, um syncopation. It's more like someone doing um, some kind of athletic event. They're not dancing. They're just doing a lot of exercise. Yeah, and so and then I think a lot of it is because they don't have the groove of that disco. Mm. You know, and disco, disco, let me tell you something. Y'all had to know how to dance back in the day. That wasn't, mm. mm-hmm. you know, you just couldn't get out there and, and shake, shake a leg a and, and shake a tail feather. Mm-hmm. You had to actually know how to dance. Mm-hmm. And you had to have some rhythm to you and you had a partner that you were dancing with and, you know, you had to, you know, that's what made disco fun. A lot of people didn't like the disco era, you know, especially with just all, all rock. But that disco era, though, I mean, that was a really cool time to be around in because it was just like a continuous um, good time on a regular basis. And you didn't have all this, you know, shenanigans that you got going on when you go out today because a lot of that music wasn't, it wasn't violent. Right. You know, any, right. in the house, and none of the house music is violent. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't heard a violent house music song yet. So it didn't really breed that type of uh, mentality when you were out. You were just sort of out having a good time. Um, music today, though, has just become a little bit over the top on the violence and in the innuendo put into the music. And it's um, so it doesn't translate into having such a good time going out and dance because I don't know how you really go out and dance to it, you know? I just, I don't get it. I know we're going to go to break in about. Like eight twenty eight, I know we're gonna go. We're probably gonna hear some informational PSA informational. Cause <clears throat> listen, when you hear our PSAs, those are PSAs that you need to listen to. But the reality of what Jay is saying is so true. There is this thing now with these young people, and they really do think that they're getting it in. They they really think they're getting in the boogie, and they don't know what the boogie is. They don't know how to boogie. They don't know what it takes to be syncopated and go out there and practice. So all you have to do is really get yourself into a space and and listen to some really good music. And maybe that's the problem. These young people aren't hearing good music anymore. Well, I mean, I don't even know if they're not hearing the good music. It's just it's it's their music. Mm -hmm. And so we'll look at their music and go, well, that's not good music. Who's to say? You know, to them it's not. For us, you know, we're old fogies now. So, but but our 80s and 90s still live on. You know, we can still play that anywhere. But for the most part, though, these young people, that's the music. I just wonder how, how that's going to go by, you know, when they get older. Um, are they going to be? <laughs> well, see that, okay, <laughs> be there's the thing. Music. You just said it. So how are you going to have music that only talks violence, sex and violence when, all right, here's always, this is my tester whenever it comes to young people and uh-huh. we talk about the music. How is it that music from the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s is still relevant and your music from two years ago isn't relevant? Yeah, and it's, it's just interesting because it's hard to, because it sort of sets itself apart. I mean, you got groups that won't even listen to it. And so it doesn't get a chance to stay crossed over. You know, and then after a while, most time people are listening to music. They're not really hearing the lyrics about what's going on. One thing about the newer music today, you actually hear the lyrics. 
because that's the thing that's driving the music because most of the beats are sampled anyway. So it's nothing really original coming from the beat side, the music side, because most times now most music is made from a DAW, you know, a, a digital workstation where you have music in there and they make beats and they're creating beats. Nothing wrong with making beats like that, but you don't have bands anymore that really make music like they used to anymore because, you know, they're going by the way of the dodo bird. When's the last time I've heard all these people who are lauding and applauding going to a Taylor Swift concert or to a Beyonce concert? Uh-huh. When's the last time any of them, when have you heard anybody talk about going to see a band? Yeah, and you don't you don't really have them anymore. I mean, it's just like I can't think of a band that you say that it, the musicality is what drives you. Mm-hmm. You knew that um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, the Ohio Players. I mean, you could go down the line, even if they, they weren't, if they were just R&B bands, a Midnight Star, Atlantic Star, you know, LTD, Tower Power. You could find these kind of bands, the average white band, the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Bands, bands, even though the lead singer may go or somebody else may dip in, dip out. Even with uh, White Snake and, let's say, Metallica, Toto. Yeah. All of these groups, Chicago, bands. And the thing was, when you've heard that first four bars mm-hmm. of the music, you know, we at first you, you knew exactly what you know the song what was. Is. You know mm-hmm. exactly what it was. A lot of music right now is being sampled. Mm-hmm. So you really listen to a lot of music that came out in the 70s and 80s just, just being retooled yeah. because mm-hmm. they turn music around so fast. And I'll tell you, a lot of it has to do with, too, is because these songs today, I saw a song the other day was a minute and 45 seconds long. How do you have a song that's a minute and 45 seconds long? I mean, it was, it was one verse, it was one verse, a hook, and I think the outro, and that's all it was. And that's the sad part. Really, a lot of it, if there's uh, one song that was really popular, it was just a hook, and it wasn't even a good hook. Yeah. And you just want to rock. What do you want to rock and do? I just want to rock. Not like the rock song, not the original one, where you go back to, I just want to rock, and you were like, oh, Twisted Sister. Yeah. And now. And a lot and a lot of them have no idea that, that that's where that comes from. You know, so but but again, that's the genre of music. I mean, you know, us us old heads with gray beards now and no hair on top of our heads. You know, man, in our day, the music actually made some sense. Well, it actually did. But. It did. That's why they're sampling it and using it now. Yes. Listen, we're gonna get ready to go to break before we get our call in. So listen, you know what you're listening to. It's the sizzle here on WGVE eighty eight point seven FM. How to start that conversation with your friend about their mental health? First, make sure you aren't too far away. Closer, closer. Whoa, 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 too close. Now have something open-ended like, you all good? Are you all good? Or is everything okay? Is everything okay? Well done, awkward teenage actor. Thanks so you know. Thanks for asking. Find out how you can help a friend with their mental health at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Ever hear the one about the frog? Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up and that frog will boil. It's a lie. But as a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We make excuses for how we feel. We push everything down. We tell ourselves the lie that it's easier to stay in that boiling water. 
to disconnect. And some days, maybe, it is. But you've never been interested in easy. Make no mistake, reaching out is hard. Do it anyway. You're not alone. You've got this. You are not a frog. Find resources at va.gov slash reach. You know who it is. You know what it is. It's the sizzle here on WGVE 88.7 FM. It's the hottest time in the region. It is the best time. It is sizzle time. What could be better than that? You know, we got to make it hot. You know, I, I okay, I'm not a New Year's resolution guy anymore because I used to be a New Year's resolution guy. And then I just found out I break them by the time, you know, by five February gets here. Mm-hmm. But one thing we're going to do, we are going to have a sizzleria. You know, we're a going, sizzleria. A sizzleria. You okay. know, like you know, how people have like a pizzeria. Is that mm-hmm. really a pizza place or is it a pizza? Just how? See, I don't understand. Is it a pizza restaurant or is it a pizzeria? Hmm. <laughs> that is something. In, in thinking about it, I've never even thought of it in such a manner. But I know somebody who probably could answer that about the pizza restaurant versus a pizzeria and that's probably Frank Marshall from CCP. Frank the Tank what's good with you bro? Hey man how's it going? Happy to be back on with you guys. Hey hey Frank we got a discussion going on now. So um, all right now is it a pizza restaurant or is it a pizzeria? Is there a difference between the two? Because I say there's a difference. You know what I'm saying? I say when you go to a pizza restaurant, that means you got calzones and you got all the other type of stuff. But a pizzeria, you're coming in there to buy pizza. You know what I'm saying? And they yeah. got slices. You know what? What do you? What, yeah, what? I agree. A pizzeria, that's like some legitimate, straight up, just pizza type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that other. You got an Italian restaurant that just happens to sell pizza. And I'm gonna tell you what: if you go to an Italian restaurant that just happens to sell pizza, sometimes the pizza's not that great because they want to get funky with it. Frankly, want to put goat cheese on your pizza. Why are you putting goat cheese on your pizza? <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's just as bad as putting pineapple in your pizza. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, I'm not going to. You ain't putting no pineapple on that pizza. I'm not going to let you all besperch the name of pineapple on the on the pizza because I wasn't into it, but then my roommate was into it in school. And so I got one and I was like, huh, that's not bad. Now, Frank, I just want to know from you are you an original sauce guy or do you like that real sweet sauce? That there, there, There's that real sweet sauce. Are yeah, you, yeah. Which one do you like the best? Well, it's interesting that you said that because I do love both. I don't mind both, but okay. one of my favorite pizza places because I'm not a, I'm not out in the city. I'm out in the suburbs. Okay. I love me a Palermo's pizza, and their sauce mm. is sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love me Palermo's pizza. Yeah. But there, I don't. I don't have an, one I prefer either or anything like that. Okay. I love both of those pizzas. All right, we can't. You can't go wrong with pizza anyway. But we can see some things that can go wrong. <laughs> We're talking about this draft for the Chicago Bears, Frank, and we. No, we know you got some ideas about this because, man, I tell you, do they stay or do they go, Frank? I just want to know what's going to happen. It's, it's, I mean, last year, I think pretty much 95% of Chicago knew that Justin Fields was staying. Um, This year is totally different. My opinion, what I want them to do, I think their best chance to be competitive next year is keeping Justin Fields and building around him. Uh, I said the same thing. I'm, yeah, and yeah. I mean, like, I I am not a fan of Caleb Williams. I am going to say it right now. 
I am not because of the fact, and this is the thing, you, you can say, oh, Frank, you only go out and watch highlights. Frank, you only do. I actually, because I know how desperate the Bears need a quarterback nowadays, I watch pretty much all the games for USC. Okay. The guy is, he's competitive. There's no question about that. He has great footwork. He has great athleticism. But the thing is, every single thing that he does good, Justin Fields can do too. But the difference is Justin Fields is bigger, he's stronger, and in, in my eyes, he's, I mean, and not, not in my eyes, he's clearly faster. So I feel like you're taking a step back because Justin Fields struggles at reading defenses. I know this. Everybody knows this. He needs to see and react a lot quicker. But that stuff is coachable. All right, where are the coaches coaching him on this stuff? That is my big problem. Okay, Frank, we, we, we've seen Justin Fields for three straight years now. I mean, you know, he got injured and dinged up a little bit. He's one of those guys. I don't know if we're going to see a full 17 out of him. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just don't. He, I think he's one of those guys that plays a little bit too fast and wants to do a little bit too much and still hasn't learned to get down yet. But we've seen a really good amount, of, a high sample of quarterback play now from Justin Fields. And why do we believe, or, or, or let me ask you a question, why do you believe that Justin Fields with the right type of or with the right type of coordinator will he'll be able to read the field? Well, when when you look at some of the games where Justin Fields played great, go this year with that Atlanta Falcons game, how very, very good he played. Getty called a completely different offensive scheme. All right. He the OCs that we had, I mean, honestly, the OCs we've had for a very long time, but Getsy in particular, I feel like he had a massive ego where he wanted Justin to work in his system so bad. Justin Fields is not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Getsy got the job because he tied Aaron Rodgers' shoes perfectly because he did not need anybody coaching him. That He was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. All right, Getsy should have never have gotten that job, period. But – when it's all said and done, when you're going to keep running a system where Justin Fields runs five-step drops pretty much 70, I think it was, it was finalized, 78% uh-huh. of his drop pack passes were five-step drops. All right. When you watch Justin Fields at Ohio State, other than the fact of when he had a dynamic offensive line and he had dynamic receivers, he had eight to nine seconds to throw the football. Yeah. But he was so dominant in throwing slant passes. And I, I, this is just for everybody to think about right now. Do you know how many slant passes Getsy called all 17 games this season? No, how many? He called 14. That's it? 14 slant passes, seven out of those 14 were to Cole Komet, who is not the guy you're running slants to. So he's not driving right, the ball into the slot. When you got somebody like DJ Moore and yeah. those speedy-type receivers that they have, you work them in there with those slant plays. And then you look at, I know they just lost today, but the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud, they averaged 11 slant plays called a game. Yeah. And look at what C.J. Stroud did. Yeah, he played great, but when you take away his, we take away the run game, like that, like that Raven, that that bludgeoning Ravens defense oh, did. Absolutely. <laughs> you know that, that he became a one-trick pony after that because he couldn't. The play action meant anything because they yeah. know you're not running against this front. Play action's not going to happen, and he wasn't able to push the ball 
downfield in those seams like he wants to because they weren't giving him that single high safety exactly. look over the top, you know? And people people don't realize that the run game is a completely different ball game when you are running in 10-degree weather. Yeah, absolutely. This, is, this isn't Houston. It is a lot easier to run the ball in Houston, Texas than it is in Baltimore. Yeah. Well, the one thing you've got to look at from the Ravens game, and for those who didn't see the game today, it was at halftime, it was a Whoa. toss-up. It was a coin toss. Yeah. So nobody knew where this was going to go. And I'm glad we're talking about it because Greg Roman, one of the offensive coordinators that the Bears brought in, former OC for the Ravens, the other nine of what we're seeing. Remember, there was talk last year going into the beginning of the year that Lamar Jackson may not be the right fit for Baltimore because he does everything that we think a Justin Fields could do. And if you don't have a mobile quarterback in the NFL, then something's going to be wrong because he's going to get stuck up hung up, beat up somewhere. But what you see right now, I'm going to throw it out here, Frank. I think, and maybe I just thought too much about this. Maybe I put too much thought into this. I'm looking at the OCs that they're bringing in right now. I I know that there's a report that uh, Cliff Kingsbury really impressed them. Yeah, I'm sure they did. That, that is nothing but to drive that number one pickup through the roof yeah. by saying that that was a great interview. And here we go. So here's the thing I'm thinking, and maybe you can tell the listeners if, if I'm not thinking correctly. My thought is you're not just looking at an OC. You're looking at if things fail with Eberflus next year and you don't get into position like Houston or like Baltimore, that you're now OC becomes your head coach. Am I am I a little bit off on that? No, you are not. And that is a great – I mean, that that's where you're going to be getting those big interviews with, say, like a Josh Biennemi. Like, like those type people who can be head coaches if they want to. I mean, that would make sense if you're going to be bringing in an offensive coordinator and you're going to do like what they did with Biennemi in Washington – and make him assistant head coach. Because if it doesn't work out for the first five, six games of the season, I have a feeling, because this isn't the Bears organization calling this shot, this is Kevin Warren and this is uh, Ryan Poles, and I feel like they will fire him five, six games into the season if it starts off bad again. All right, okay, Frank, 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 oh. Frank, 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 okay. Frank, Frank. If they're, if they're going to have a short leash, right, for with with this head coach, why not just bang him out the door right now? If it wasn't for our defense improving so much, I feel like he would have been out the door. Um, because we lost our defensive coordinator, he took over the defense. Our defense literally went from the first five games to dead last in the NFL to finishing off in the top twelve in the NFL. And not to mention the second half of the season, they were top five in the NFL. Like, that's impressive. And don't get me wrong, this never would have happened if Poles didn't make the genius idea of trading for Montez Sweat because that made a huge difference. Mm. It made a massive difference in changing our defense because a pass rusher makes everybody else's life behind him that much easier. But if our defense probably finished top 20, I don't think Everfluce would be here next year. So let me ask you a question, Frank. We're banking Eberflus on the mere fact the, of a factor that he really didn't have that much to do with because they brought in the Tasmanian Devil. That's what I call him now. The name hasn't mm-hmm. stuck, but I'm selling I'm selling T-shirts if anybody wants one. 
you have Montez Sweat, right, who we know is that guy. He, Absolutely. He, he's that dude, and he made that defense become stellar on the back end. I mean, the defense, the, the, the Monsters of the Midway showed up. But the Monsters of the Midway, the last four or five games there, they, they showed up and played hard. I'm not going to say Absolutely. Stuff. That, I'm not going to say that, that was a hard-hitting Remember, defense that played really well. they were number eight against the run but they were last against the pass. And that's what teams that beat them just yes. made them defend them in the pass. That is yeah. true. Why Why even – I mean, if the run doesn't work, then you have to go to the pass. Mm-hmm. And in that type of case, if you can't stop both, I mean, you have to stop the run first. There's no question about that because then you can't control the clock and you're not going to win a lot of games if you can't control the clock and you can't control the run. But let's not forget, we were dead last in the NFL in stopping Absolutely. the rush last year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and then this year we finished eighth. That that's insane. And that, most, that is a great stat. Most great defenses are run stoppers. They're going yeah. to stop. They're going to stop the run. Right. We're going to shut this run down. Nobody. You're not running. You're not running for eighty yards on us. And because we can do that with our front four, we can stop the run, and now our ends can push up field. We can get pressure on you. Now we've got a backfield with an extra defender back there. Now now we're not leaving you a window to throw in, and we give you a guy coming off the edge four or five, chasing down your quarterback. That's what mm-hmm. great defenses do. There's very few defenses that are great on the front side, uh, up front, and in the secondary, too. We've seen a few of them. Well, think about it. Even the 85 Bears, if you really look at it, where were they great at? Up front. They're Absolutely. great up front, and they're linebackers. Safety play? Okay. You know, they came down and they filled for the most part, but it was that, it was that front seven that was making everything When happen. you have a yeah. dominant front seven, it doesn't matter what the back four. It right. really doesn't when right. you have a dominant front seven. And that's the biggest I problem. I mean, in our, case, in our case, we have a great back four, in my opinion. We really do. If we can keep them healthy, maybe find a replacement for Eddie Jackson because he's getting up there in age, and he's still pretty much – can't tackle water if you fell out of a boat like when it comes down to those like you like linebackers I love our linebacking core and I know everybody was upset about what happened with Roquan Smith we wouldn't have these three linebackers right now three for one it was a three for one deal you know it it was almost like our running back core we just didn't turn out as well as we thought it would we saw what Montgomery is you know, yeah. and, and with he, a good offensive line, we saw a good, and they're not great offensive line in New York, but they have a way better offensive line than we do. And Montgomery had a phenomenal season. Well, here's yeah. the thing: Montgomery less than a thousand yards, but got and shout out to Roquan and and what they were able to do in Baltimore. But let mm-hmm. me ask you this: with the two candidates that really seem to be at the forefront of this OC search, which is Shane Waldron and Clute. Clint Kubiak. All right. Say that twice. So, yeah. I'm going to say it three times. That was a mouthful. It would be really nice. Right? So, Shane Waldron, from all indication, should be the forerunner for the Seahawks job to replace yes. Pete Carroll. Oh, yeah. I don't yes. see a scenario where they let him out of the building. But if so, maybe he should be the automatic hire for the Bears. And I can't see someone who's that hot taking a coordinator job, a lateral move, instead of taking a step up. And, and, and that's my whole thing, G. Why would a guy and, come in here that's hot? in that assistant coach position type thing. Yeah, but, then, but, but now, will Eberflus even stand for something like that? Because almost like you're demoting yeah. him now. Well, I think he was yeah. demoted. Literally. Yeah. I think he was demoted. We just don't when know the DC the that he brought in had those allegations against him, yeah. that was like a demotion. And, I mean, one other thing we didn't say about Eberflus, and I, I've spoken to a few current Bears players about this, 
and we'll give kudos to him. As rough and down, like up and down season it was, that locker room never disappeared. That's they true. always played hard mm-hmm. for each other, and that is hard to do for a head coach to keep that. Well, you know, here's the other one. With Clint Kubiak, I think the better D.C. that could be a head coach is still sitting at the 49ers right now, but then that's just that's my opinion. But when you've got an O.C. now, 36-year-old Clint Kubiak, who is worked with a myriad of people from mm-hmm. the Broncos to the Vikings, He's had, I think, the 21 Vikings, he had them ranked uh, number one in several areas. Again, having Justin Jefferson will help that also. Yeah. But from what you see, if you're looking at those two candidates, is there a clear – because I've heard Rumor Mill said that this week they're going to solidify who the OC is going to be, and probably the OC will be your assistant head coach. So if it's Eric Bieniemy, if it's Clint Kubiak, if it's uh, Shane Waldron, any of these men, do you see anybody as a clear-cut forerunner for this OC position? It, it's going to come down to what the discussions is, is what they're going to do with that number one pick as well. We can't forget that. Like, um, if you, I mean, another name you didn't bring up, I don't think they will get him, but uh, Greg Roman as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that, yeah. that's that's another name to bring up. If they're bringing him in, that is a pretty much guarantee that you're keeping Justin Fields. Well, that, see, that, that was that's, the that's thing. a one hundred percent guarantee. That was my thing earlier when we first started this conversation about Baltimore. You know, the question was why wasn't Greg Roman able to do more with Baltimore when he had that opportunity yeah. and a quarterback who I I'm gonna say pretty much is on par. Justin is on par with. Who? Yeah. Lamar Lamar Jackson. Oh, come on now. Yes, he is. I mean, this this, this is the thing. When (laughs) I don't want to compare him to him because I don't want Justin to be that type of quarterback. Because Mm -hmm. the thing is, when you look at Justin, and I mean, I hate to go back to college, but people say he can't throw in the pocket. That's all Justin did was throw in the pocket at Ohio State. Yeah. That he was, in my opinion, and this is not a knock on Lamar Jackson. Justin is a better passer than Lamar Jackson is. If you can give him an OC to work with, but then you're also going to come in, and this is also another thing with Greg Roman is why didn't wide receivers want to come knocking on the doors to play with Baltimore and mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson? Well, they, the we, word is is they did not like how Greg Roman ran an offense. Well, they so know they they we moved, have wide receivers. Right. They moved well, that. Uh, they they recreated that offense to fit around what Lamar Jackson does best. Correct. And Lamar Jackson has easy speed. Easy speed, right? So yeah. you're saying that Justin Fields doesn't have Justin that Field has, well, Justin, Justin Field can accelerate, too. right? He can get he can get going. But if you saw Lamar Jackson today, that was just easy acceleration. Whenever he needed he had he was always under control. The one thing about Justin, if you know what, Lamar Jackson sees the field pretty well. He does, but he here's does. the. I mean, he is in like six. What is he in? Like his seventh, eighth year in the NFL, though. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, he didn't read the offense that well in his first three years. And either. here's the bigger point to the whole Lamar Jackson comparable. Justin Fields was a better college quarterback than Lamar Jackson. So are we saying that Justin Fields has the opportunity that you think he's going to be a one-time MVP of the league if given the right opportunity? Yes. 
I, I, I actually agree with that as well. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't comparing, see I'm not comparing Justin Fields to, say, like a Mitch Trubisky or something like no. that, somebody God, where we no. just struck out. Mitch Trubisky couldn't throw the ball. When you see sparks of Justin Fields, when he does have time in that pocket, that guy throws darts. And he throws a beautiful deep ball, right, perfect accuracy, right in the player's hands and everything. Like, he is a beautiful passer. Yeah, his, his, mechanics biggest, are great. his biggest issue is vision, actually reading the route to throw the ball before the, before the runner actually gets there. Correct. I mean, that's that sounds his biggest great. Issue. That sounds he takes great. too long. He does. He takes too long making, trying to make a play happen. But let's think about this. In college, who was his comp? Oh, and you're, I know where you're going with this, and you're not wrong with that. Like, I mean, he had great wide receivers. Mm-hmm. His receivers were like five, six, seven yards, like pretty mm-hmm. much like watching the Packers game. Like when you're seeing Jordan Love throw these footballs, his receivers are wide, yeah, wide open. open. Wide open. Like, I mean, it's absolutely insane. But that is an offensive scheme. The 49ers also get receivers wide open. Mm-hmm. Why can't the Bears get these receivers wide open? Because this stupid offensive scheme that Getty ran had the receivers so bunched up to the point where you did not have open space in the field. You never had open space in the field. But also the Bears really never had a burner that could actually catch the ball. You well, know I mean, what I'm saying? DJ Moore, I mean, not, yeah, DJ Moore is a burner. But, yeah, what I'm saying, before DJ Moore, they really did Before him, yes. Yeah, they didn't have a burner. Now you had a guy who could take him, he could push the ball downfield. The problem, as you said, the Bears don't want to throw that ball into the slot receiver. I don't understand why they won't give it to him and put it on him in those slant routes. But I'm just, I don't either. I don't understand that. To me, that seems a thing that would be just how many times have you seen the Bears are third and four and they're throwing that stupid, um, yeah, <laughs> you know that 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 stupid behind. They're, they're throwing it. They're throwing that that screen over there, right. or they're trying yeah, to run that bubble it, screen, or they're trying to little run that little bubble. Mm-hmm. They run run that little that little option off the uh, running back if he's going to read what's going on out there instead of just hit, putting him in the pocket, hit his back foot on the third step, and driving that ball in the slot, keeping it down, and just get those four or five yards. Yeah. But a lot of times the Bears would not do it. And I just don't understand if Getsy just n- never really trusted. It was not Justin. in his playbook. I feel like you know, think so. Well, impossible. Yeah, it's po- you know, it, yeah, no, I, I just, I impossible. just really don't. And I mean, you think about that. I mean, as ugly as can be, that last Bears Packers game. Right. They had a beautiful set, which made it number fourteenth in the season slant play to DJ Moore, where it was a twenty-one yard gain. Yeah. They did not call another slant the rest of the game when. When you have a quarterback like Justin who does struggle in picking up blitzes, mm-hmm. all right, when you read a blitz, yes, screen passes can help um, prevent blitzes as well because you're getting the ball off, mm-hmm. but why don't we ever see these three-step drop strikes right to the middle to a slant receiver? And you know, I, you I do- just don't get it. And what you don't see him do a lot where you saw the great quarterbacks, the Brady's and everybody else, from whichever way place the blitz comes, they put the ball right back in that same spot. Exactly. You know, and, always. And they always have a route set up for that. You know, there's always an alert. If that guy's blitzing from there, that 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 receiver is going to fill that spot, either on a slant or something. And they're going to they're going to play basketball. They're going to box out that defender, and we're just going to take that seven or eight yards. If you guys keep wanting you keep wanting to send that guy 
at us like that. We're going to keep beating you with the same play. And that's one thing the Bear, I found, would not do. If you found something that was working, let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it until they stop until they yeah, don't stop until they prove that it cannot be stopped. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just don't understand. Like, yeah. Way too many times where we had a very good first half of football this season, and then we went into the second half doing something completely different. Well, I think I think the Bears, for whatever reason, they wanted to be smart. You know, and they thought, well, we're going to switch things up. And that's not what the good teams do. The good teams are, hey, no. we're, we're going to play bully you, ball. If you can't stop it, we're going to beat you. If you can't stop these slant pays, we're just going to keep, as they call matriculating the football down the field. Yeah. And But the Bears were behind the sticks all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, exactly. Now we look at a situation right now. I mean, with the Bears, Frank, I know you got to uh, talk about this a little bit. My biggest problem right now is this. I know we're going to talk about this ad nauseum. I am concerned, Frank, with this first pick because it almost like the Bears have set themselves up for failure. You know, it's yeah. just – I mean, this, this pick is going to make you or break you for the next decade. And so now you're wondering – and I got worried when they bounced Getsy so quickly, right? Because my thing was, okay, was that just a knee-jerk move or was that a move saying, okay, we're, we're opening this up for you, your, your, your top OCs, if you want to come in – we blew everybody out. You can bring your whole group. If is, is Cliff Kingsbury, are, are they going to say, "Hey, bring everybody with you"? You know, is this going to look like USC now? Or what, what's going to happen? Uh, when, when, it, when it comes down to that, like I mean, getting rid of Getzy, I think pretty much a hundred percent of Chicago was hundred percent for that. Like, I mean, that that had to happen because he, in my opinion, is the major reason for the failing development of Justin Fields. And you got rid of the quarterback coach too. He's obviously got to be that as well. Um, but when you're bringing in offensive coordinators now, you're going to have so many different varieties coming in telling you, all right, give me your game plan with not just Justin, but with Caleb Williams as well. Like, who is going to work better with you? Who is going to do better for your system? But in my eyes, I would love them to take the Houston Texans route. And another one with Clint Kubiak, he's, he's the offensive coordinator I would love to have. Anybody that comes off of the Kyle Shanahan tree right now is a winner to me, and I love the way that they run an offense because they don't bring in a scheme for your quarterback. They build your quarterback, or they build a scheme for your quarterback. That is exactly what they did in Houston and why C.J. Stroud had such a phenomenal rookie season. Like, that is the stuff you need to do. Put your damn egos aside and do what's best for the team. Like, if I am sitting in that interview room and if somebody comes in and goes like, oh, Justin will fit well in my system, you're not, you're not getting the job. Get out of here. <laughs> just, just get out. Like, unless, you're, unless you're coming in here to tell me that you are going to sit down <laughs> with Justin and build a playbook and an offensive scheme for what he does well, then I don't want you in this organization. Wow. I, you know what? Let me ask you one more thing. I know you got to get ready to get out of here, but Jalen Johnson named the Bears defensive player of the year. Is he a max cornerback in the league? I think when you added the addition of Montez Sweat, that made him a max quarterback because he was able to actually push up a lot more and actually go for those picks instead of playing it safe in coverage. But, I mean, it's a very tough decision because you're thinking max, you're probably going to have to pay him $19, 20 million a year. 
Okay. That is pretty much like the max of corners right now. And I like Jalen. I'm all for, I want to keep Jalen, but we really got to get more help on that defensive front. We can't just rely on Montez Sweat. I like what some of our rookies did to finish the year. Hell, Christian Jones actually finished the year pretty solid, but that's because he was always right next to Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it's it's a very tough decision because next year you're going to have to play Brisker and you're going to have to pay Kyler Gordon too. So I, if I was GM, he would be franchised this year. And then I would decide between him, Brisker, and Kyler Gordon on who are the two out of the three that I'm going to pay. Because yeah. I always keep saying this, and again, I'm not ripping on Jalen. Kyler Gordon could play a dominant outside corner position too, and he would be cheaper than Jalen Johnson. Mm-hmm. But, but the question is now, okay, look, we have this defense now that, that, that we're saying, okay, this, this is the defense that's going to take us, right? Do we have – we know we're well under the cap and everything, but that's going to, that's going to really quick now. That's going to fill up because we got a lot of spaces to fill up. Do Absolutely. You, do you see them spending more money on the defensive side of the ball trying to keep these guys together? Because we all know once these guys start playing well, um, more money is going to be demanded really quickly. So you wonder how long are they going to be able to keep – is there enough time with the defense? That's what I'm worried about, Frank. With the defense playing well now, is there enough time? Can it, Do we have enough time to keep this defense together to get this offense caught up quickly by burning burning our cap? Well, I mean, you're going to have to – I mean, I think Poles has done a great job in what he has done to fix a lot of the offense so far. It's gotten him better. But you're going to be spending your draft picks mainly on offense, and you're going to be spending your salary cap on defense. Um, unless a dominant pass rusher slips and you lose out on like a tackle in that first round at like the ninth pick. But I mean, in my opinion, do I think it can happen? Yes. But you really have to hit a home run on these first three rounds of this draft. If you want that to happen. Yeah, it is what it is. It's one of those things where you really have to do your research polls and whoever else is there, Cunningham polls, However this is going to work, they're going to have to really do their research and find someone. But before you get ready to get out of here, Frank, let our listeners know how do they keep up with you and how do they follow what you and CCP are doing? I mean, um, yes, I'm from the Chicago Clubhouse Network, I'm going to say. I'm a part of the Chicago Clubhouse podcast. We go every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Great show. We have great guests on. We had Eric Kramer on this past week, which was phenomenal guest because we wanted to get a quarterback and get his take and like it, it I mean tune in watch we got multiple different shows we got easy does it that usually airs on wednesdays um we used to have a midweek review during bear season so we're gonna have to try to fill up our thursday now to find something else but um all you gotta do youtube mainly we're on facebook we're on instagram it's all the chicago clubhouse network and i vouch in us not Drafting Caleb Williams, trying your absolute best, everyone, to stay in the top three, trade back, and get me Marvin Harrison Jr. Absolutely. to play next to um, to DJ Moore next year, and then hopefully Joe Alt slips at nine 
and we get that offensive tackle on the left side from Notre Dame. So that's boy, boy, dream talk, come true scenarios. Right that, there. that would be Christmas. Uh, that that would be Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you talk, you're talking yeah. about a bunch of happy Bear fans. Whoa! That would be the dream come true because if you do get that trade back, you're probably getting that second round pick back too that you got for Montez Sweat. And then you're going out and getting that center from Georgia who will be starting day one as well because we desperately need a center as well. See, what we need to go is get Kevin Costner from draft day, and he could just make all this happen. Oh, man. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because I do truly feel Caleb Williams is a Bo Callahan. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, no. I have friends at USC who have told me on numerous occasions that he is not a nice man. Well, in this case, not a nice kid. I'm going to say this. I don't think the kid can handle the Chicago press. I agree. If there's I one agree. thing that Justin can do, he's been able to handle the Chicago media better than anybody yeah. else could have. We saw that kid have been crying on his mom's shoulder. And beyond tougher than somebody like Caleb Williams yeah. as well. Yeah. Beyond tougher. Yeah. yeah. So, Frank, man, we thank you so much for coming on, man. You know it's always a great time when you're listening to Frank the Tank here on The Sizzle, here on WGVE 88.7 FM. <laughs> Yeah, what's up, bro? Okay, so I'm back. Yeah, what I'll do is what you need to do, which I was figuring I was going to do that.
Great things take time. You're listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. Oh, it's hot, baby. Hot. Woo! Hot fire. You know who it is. You know what it is. It's the sizzle here in the building with the hottest talking, the 219, the only talking, the 219. This is the hottest place in the region. This is where you should be for all of your hot information. If you are not a member, make sure that you like, subscribe, and share the information of the sizzle with someone you love. Be that you. If you love yourself, make sure that you sign up for the sizzle anywhere where podcasts are found, anywhere where you get your good information. YouTube, we're there. Facebook, we're there. Instagram, we're there. Spotify, we're there. You can find the sizzle 219 anytime, anywhere. Anytime you can hear a great conversation, just like you heard from Frank the Tank, just like you hear from JB Stats, just like you heard from our DEI A specialist. Man, we got something for a little bit of everybody, Jay. You know, we're the hallmark of the boogie. <laughs> you yes, know, sir. You yes, know, sir. when you turn us on, you know, you know what the end is going to be. You're going to feel good at the end. Yeah. You know, the guy always gets the girl at the end and there's going to snowflakes going to fall everybody. Nobody clothes going to get wet. Yes, we are the melanated hallmark version of a good time in your you know ear. What? We, we missed it. Yeah. We need to do a melanated hallmark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When nobody gets burned up at the barbecue, you know, <laughs> you know, where nobody, where the where the Kool Aid, you can just drink the Kool Aid, not get diabetes. Well, I mean, that's the big thing right now. We are the the sugar for your soul. We are the sweet in your tea. We are the ice in your lemonade. You know. Now, let me ask you a question. What's up, bro? G-Sizzle. Now. Are you a fresh squeeze lemonade type of fella, or are you the guy uh, with the real lemon and the lemon juice with the liver bottle? Either. I'm I'm either. I'm I'm the either dude. I can take it. I would prefer the freshly squeezed, but if I got to run out the door, I'm getting I'm grabbing that real lemon bottle and I'm get, going to work. You know, I'm always been. I cheat. I make the little. I make the lemonade in the pitcher. You know, mm-hmm. try to. You know, it's only one. It's only be one pitcher of lemonade. Mm-hmm. Everybody else had to fit for yourself, and then I cut a sli- couple of slices of lemon lemon in there, and just drop it in there, and just let it float. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's all real lemon up in there, mm-hmm. and pure cane sugar, because you got to have you got to have the pure cane sugar up in there. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I don't drink that much sugary stuff, but you know, every once in a while you got to have it. Now, let me ask you a question. What's that? Are you a uh, do you do you do you fire up your grill in the wintertime? I have not this year, haven't recently, but I I am a proponent of grill grilling in the winter. Yeah, I I, I think, but the problem with grilling in the winter, you got to have that fire hot. <laughs> right. if, it's, if it's negative twenty out there, your wings just gonna be like, no. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, it, you won't it, be in these anytime soon. I think anytime under thirty, it's a dicey proposition to talk about grilling because if you're grilling, you got to be somewhere where it's covered, where that wind and whipping in. And now you talking about that heat, those embers, something could go wrong. I've seen someone's garage burn completely. You know, and down. people do have people don't stop pulling y'all grills in the winter when it rains and start pulling them inside y'all garage. Stop doing it. Mm-hmm. You gonna set the whole house on fire? It gonna be carbon monoxide poison. Everybody gonna be laid out with a chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frank. They all went happy. They all <laughs> they yeah, well, and they had mumbo sauce. They were all smiling. Yeah. Here at Heavenly Gardens, we like to 
We'd like to thank all of those who came. And there's a free bottle of hot sauce on every table. Absolutely. Listen, man, but I tell you what, I tell you what. One thing, if you've been listening to us, you know we bring you the best talk. We do. But we've had a lot of good football. And you may not think it from the Bears, and I have to give it up to Justin Fields and even to Matt Eberflus. There are very few times that I'm going to give any praise to the Fleece, but had a defense. I don't like the way you say that, because I don't like him. You're very flucy. Yeah, it's and that's how I feel. Every time I I watch the Bears, I think I've been flucy. That's going on a t-shirt. Yeah, well, I'm telling you now. You've been flucy. I asked (laughs) Mother the other day why hadn't she eaten something that was on her tray, and she was like, "Uh, feels like I've been eberflucy." And I was wow, like, what? it's a verb now. What is that? It's and a descriptive like, verb. Man, she your should, food is eberflust. She should not watch uh, Channel Seven News all night or morning. Yeah, I tell you that Bears. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of glad. I'm, I wish the Bears were in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but that app, that show, that after uh, game show, boy, oh boy, that was rough, man. Well, okay. You know what the problem is? A lot of those after game shows, be it the after show, the show show after the the after party show, the bears after the thing show, yeah, is they don't have us. You know that's true. They don't have us, so it becomes a lot of. You even get the real angry old bears fans. You get the Ed O'Bradovich. You get the Ed. Ed O'Bradovich is fantastic because yeah, he, he hates everyone. Fil- filter's gone now. There's no filter. No, no, no. There's no there's no need for filtering. And, and I don't even know how he turns a mic on because his fingers are going every direction but straight. Bruh, somebody does it for him. Yeah. They just hit the button and, and he just I, talk. I wonder if you have him set up at the house, though. He's just cracking the mic at the house. Or I don't think you want him at the mouth, at the house. Yeah, because yeah, you can't get real right. Because I was about to say you don't want what's in his mouth coming out at the house. Oh wow! Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that, my friend. Yeah, I'm just telling you. But one thing I can say is today has been an interesting day in football uh-huh. because the Texans went in and they they went to a hostile Ravens environment. It was hostile. And at halftime, uh, I think it was tight ten ten. You were thinking to yourself. This is going to be, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, is, is this what Justin should be? Or is this what I'm expecting Justin to be? This kid is doing amazing things. And then at the end of the game, you see the Ravens win 34-10, and you realize, oh, oh, they just started playing in the second half. I just, I never thought the Texans, once that first quarter was over, I didn't think they really had a chance to win a football game. Mm-hmm. Because it looked like the Ravens were just going to out-hit them. Mm-hmm. And they put so much pressure on C.J. Stroud. And his mom was up there pulling out the rosary. and <laughs> she, Was she praying for She She had many prayers going on. I think, I think, I think she had multiple things going on. I think, I think she had the little Buddha. And she had the little, <laughs> the, little, the little things you light up and waving around. I mean, she was because they she were, reached out to every deity because they were after him, and she knew it. And I think the Ravens are just um, a team that the young fellas weren't ready for. Mm-hmm. And the reason I believe that is because you have a quarterback there that understands what's going on, and I don't really see unless there's a big falling apart of that offense for some reason, like people are dropping the football or something like that, or they can't get their running game going for some reason. 
Lamar Jackson's going to find a way to put points up on the board. And that's why I, I said he's that easy speed. You know, he, he, he has he has gears that people don't have. Like, he could just turn it up and then turn it on again. And he knows I – I saw him. He didn't slide, but he just rolled under a hit. And you knew that's what he meant to do. And every time Justin Fields slide, you think he's just going to blow his whole uh, ACL out. <laughs> Everything – because they don't slide early enough. But he understood where the hits are coming from. He was running one time. He was just taking a look around him like, oh, let's see. You can't catch me. You're Oh, you're up there. I'm not going to take that hit. I'm going to lay down right now. And I think that's just a veteran quarterback who understands how to stay alive in the league. Because here's the thing about it. Remember when Lamar Jackson was running all over North America? We thought, oh, this is going to be another RG3 type situation. He's going to get running and he's going to get clapped up. You know, like RG3 got clapped up and a lot of these running quarterbacks get hit. But He's a quarterback who learned not to take those major hits. And you and he could he has that you know what thing you don't see happening to Lamar Jackson that you do see happening to Justin Fields? That when he gets caught in the backfield and he accelerates away, very seldom do you see him get caught. Mm-hmm. Um we've seen Justin has that speed, but Justin takes two or three strides to get up to full speed. Now, mm-hmm. at full speed, he's four two in and some change. But it just seems like Lamar Jackson has that little quicker twitch, that or or he just understands angles. He, he maybe he's a boxer, you know that that Philly that Philly that Philly shell, you know when they roll their shoulder, mm-hmm. like Mayweather does. Like you look like they're gonna get knocked out, but they're really blocking your punch with their shoulder. They just know where to put themselves. They know you can't hit me if you're not. And maybe Lamar Jackson just sees the game that way a little bit better, and he that's why he doesn't take these major thumpings. But I I never thought the um that the Texans really had a shot unless C.J. Stroud was able to stay um, tall in the pocket. And we know the Ravens just were saying, no, we're going to make you. We're going to make you hit these check downs, and we're going to cover these check downs, and you're not going to have time to put the ball downfield. Actually, they did C.J. Stroud a, a lot like what other teams do to Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it in front of your face, and you're not going to be able to get the ball off. We're going to take the, sh- the short throws away. And now we're going to flush you out the pocket, make you play half a field, and don't throw it late. Don't throw it across your body because we're going to pick you off. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that we can say is Lamar Jackson made history today, and he became the first quarterback since at least 1948 in a regular season or playoff with at least two touchdown passes and two running TDs of 100 yards and a 100-yard passing rating at the same time. One of the things you saw about Lamar Jackson, and I I always attributed more to his body style. He is not the same body style as, um, let's say, a C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields. Lamar Jackson is made more like a taller running back, and that's how he carries himself. If you look at their running back core, Lamar Jackson's a little bit taller than most of the Ravens' running backs, but he's a lower, squattier guy and a little bit beefier and heavier. When I look at Justin Fields, especially, Justin Fields reminds me a lot of Randall Cunningham, body style, because the body, he's long and he's lanky. And once once Randall Cunningham got in the open field, you couldn't catch him. But he had to get to the open field. He could maneuver like a receiver, but he was not running back status like Lamar Jackson, who was running back status from where he was in college, he was running back status. He was running that dual system 
at Louisville as a dual threat. Well, he's so, a, he's he's a better runner. Yeah, he's a he's a a pure runner when it comes to the ball, and I think he's had to learn how to become a better passer as time has gone on. And you're finally seeing with Lamar Jackson maybe everything coalescing and maybe him really learning how to be a passer and a runner at the same time. And you see that the Ravens put together a offense tailor-made for him or around him where, you know, you have uh, you have people who are ready and willing to put an offense together. But, you know, it is the sizzle. You know we do. We always take calls at the sizzle. So we have a call on the line. Caller, thanks for calling in. How can we help you tonight? Man, air. You are on the air. Oh, I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the air. You don't want to be on the air. No, I don't. Well, wait a minute. Do you want us to take the question off the air? Yeah, I think that would probably be best. Okay, so <laughs> what we're gonna do is just hold on, and then you're gonna talk to Jay Sizzle off the air. But I'm gonna keep talking about football. How about that? That, that sound good for everybody? Yeah, well, that's what we're going to see. If we're going to attempt to make oh, this happen. here you know, we it, go. It, it didn't go wrong. Here we go again. So I'm just going to keep talking a little football because, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Sizzle is doing the thing behind the board. So he's doing his behind the board thing where he's really talking to the, our listeners and getting involved. But, again, as we were saying, with the Ravens, you have an offensive set where you really are seeing that the Ravens are now – putting together one of the best packages they have. And then you've got a Texans team where these these people are not ready yet. These young people aren't ready, but they will be. And I don't know if that speaks well or if that bodes well for what the future of the Chicago Bears will be with Justin Fields. But I do say, you know, when you're looking at a you're looking at what they can offer and what they will bring to the table. I'm looking at a really good Ravens team, and now you're talking about a Ravens team that can take itself and already put itself in position to be really a contender for a Super Bowl. So you got another Harbaugh who's looking for championship status. But let me break down some numbers for you for the game leaders today. So in passing, C.J. Stroud was 19 for 33 for 175 yards. Lamar Jackson was 16 for 22 for 152 yards with two touchdowns. Rushing yards, Devin Singletary, nine carries and 22 yards. I think, ladies and gentlemen, when you start asking the question of what happened to the Texans, what really happened to them was in the supplemental people it wasn't that cj stroud wasn't good it was that the people around cj stroud didn't do much but you had lamar jackson who was 11 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns receiving you had nico collins for the texans with five receptions for 68 yards and zay flowers for the ravens with four receptions for 41 yards it was one of those games where you started to ask yourself that i wonder if this is what you're going to see moving forward in the future. So, again, that's just one of those things where you ask yourself, is this something that's sustainable for the Ravens? And as they get moving forward, can they either against the Chiefs or against the Bills, can they take the same game plan, Jay, and make it effective when they go to the AFC title game next week? 
I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know if that's going to translate because, you know, you get bullied against bully now. That was a young team that they played against today, and I just think they wilted under the pressure. Um, we know that when you have a ball club that has a group of veterans, especially a group that's hungry now that have been knocked out of the postseason – one out of the uh, – you know, they've only advanced once out of the three times, right? They haven't had opportunity to get um, this close to the big dance. I think there's a different type of pressure that's coming. But also, too, you have pressure on Lamar Jackson because now he has to produce again. I mean, he had a great day today, but he's going to have to have a greater day against this ball club that they're going against. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off again because now you're coming up against a team – who's not going to be bullied. They're not going to be intimidated. And um, you smack them in the mouth, they're going to smack you right back. So I'm looking to see. It's going to be mano a mano. I think this is some of the best football that we've seen in a long time. I wish today's game would have been more competitive, but I don't think the Ravens needed it to make it more competitive because they understood they have C.J. Stroud right where they wanted him. I don't think that's going to be the case next week. Well, let's go over it quickly. Let's just do a brief overview. When you look at the Bills and you look at the Chiefs, Chiefs have had an off year. Bills have come on late. Bills had a resounding victory last week that really propelled them. And, again, playing against a wounded animal in the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't think it was much of a, a hard task for them. But once the Bills got started, they just steamrolled. And the same thing when it comes to the Chiefs. But, again, we still are looking at a Chiefs team with no receivers. And you don't have a consistent threat outside of Travis Kelce. Kelsey, but, but you have uh, Patrick Mahomes, though. Okay. The, the, the heir apparent. Mm-hmm. When the, from what I understood, the greatest greatest quarterback out. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. People were saying at one point in time, this is the great – well, if you look at his playoff record, this is his first time going on the road. Mm -hmm. So the question is now, can he be great? Right. Can he be great going into Buffalo? Can he be great? Because he's going to have to be great. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to call a heck of a game. He's going to have to come up and hit check downs. He's going to have to come up and orchestrate this team like a great um, conductor and find a way to, number one, possess the football. I think whoever holds the ball longer by six or seven or eight minutes wins this football game because you've got to keep that other offense off the field. And I think that's one thing that's going to happen to Patrick Mahomes is that now we shall find out who he really is. I think even though even though without the cheetah he, he was able to play, but he still had a lot of that team intact, but now he's playing with a team with lesser talent. I mean, let's just say that. He doesn't have the the taking the top off uh, defenses like he had with the cheetah, and now we see his tight end not be as great as he was. And is that a possibility? Because they're taking the tight end away, so Patrick is going to have to figure a way to get his other teammates involved, and they're going to have to work a plan to get the ball out of his hand. We know he has a hand cannon, but the question is now. Is it a possibility that Patrick Mahomes can only play as well as the people that are around him? Good question. And it's a question that when we start looking at the AFC playoff and where it's going, if you get a Ravens team that is as dominant as they were today, 
and they are able to keep in check. If you can hold the Chiefs to under 50 yards passing, excuse me, rushing, and under 200 yards passing, then it's a win. And you're going to be in Baltimore. So whoever it is, it's a win. I don't know. I'll say it this way. I don't know if this year with what the Chiefs have, I think the Bills are the better built team Mm. to battle in the playoffs. If there's going to be a team that beats the Ravens, it would be the Bills, not the Chiefs. Well, yeah. And, and, wow, yeah. Yeah, because I think it's gonna—I think it's gonna rely too much on Patrick Mahomes to have to play out of his mind twice in a row. Mm-hmm. And I think, as you said, the Bills are just a better ball club overall. That's going to come and come to the fight because that's going to be a fight against them. that Ravens defense is a monster. Those guys will hunt you down, and I think. Um, it's going to be who's the biggest bully on the block right now. I think this is what we're coming down to because I think today you saw it with the Texans. They just they just weren't up ready for the fight. You know, uh, I don't know if the I don't know if the chefs are ready. We know that the Bills are. <laughs> well, if they can't get the right name on the field, we know that they aren't ready. It's nine thirty here at WGVE. You're listening to the best talk. And before we're going to talk. The NFC, Jay, we'll just round this out. We'll round out the hour we're talking about the NFC because something just went down Uh that nobody thought about. And that was the Niners receiver, Debo Samuels, who was ruled out against the Packers. He left after only catching 24 yards, and uh, he departed when San Francisco was winning 7-3. Right now, it's a question because – we all, everybody had so much funny, funny. It was all, you know, ah, the Bears suck. And, oh, the Bears, they're, just, they're terrible that people. Yes, that that that's exactly how they sounded. They're, oh, the Bears are, <laughs> they're so bad. They're, oh, it's so bad. And then you had a Packers team go out and put the slap down on one of the best teams considerably in the NFL. Yeah, the slippy slap. Yeah, they went to Dallas and pimp slapped everybody at the big old kahuna. And now the Packers are up on the 49ers, 21 to 14. Ooh, Jordan Love. At the almost the end of the third quarter, love going to love into you, the baby. fourth. Love to love you. So this is money time. Uh we just talked about it with Frank. Yeah. One of the problems that you continually keep having with the Packers is that their receiving core is wide open. One of the touchdowns that Jordan Love threw, he is 15, excuse me, 16 for 25, 175 yards, two TDs, and one interception. Now, question is now, are they schemed open, or is this guy just finding them and laying the ball out there for him to go get it? Well, this one he threw. <laughs> there was a pass he made to Bo Melton, a 19-yard pass where he was wide open. Yeah, I mean, they, they scheme, they're scheming them up there. I don't know why we can't figure that out here at the Bear. Mm-hmm. And what they did is something they have done since game one. They did it in the Aaron Rodgers era. I don't know what it is. I don't know who slapped Aaron Jones' family member. I don't know if it was his mama that got <laughs> slapped in Chicago. His daddy got locked up somewhere in Cook County. I don't know what it was, but when he gets, he gets turned up for Bears games. 
And when you got an effective Aaron Jones who catches passes out the backfield, who yeah. is now running between the tackles, the A and the B gap, and putting in work, that it's going to be a long night. Yeah, it's going to be a long night for you. So right now, Aaron Jones only has 54 uh, yards on the ground. He has 16 carries. Christian McCaffrey has 11 carries with 73 yards and one touchdown. But the big difference is what you've got going on with Brock Purdy. He's 14 for 23 for 172 yards and one TD. Yeah. That's not going to cut it, Jay. Nope. And we saw this happen again. We saw this happen last year, was that the book on Brock Purdy was hit him in the mouth, hit him early, and he'll fold. Well, he's not a big gun. Hmm. He's not a big gun. So he's a system quarterback, which all quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong, but he's a system quarterback. And if you take away – that first read and a half, and he's got to get number three. He got some people in his face. He's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's not the tallest, and he can't throw it the hardest. Um, he's a guy that's it's going to fall apart. You got to get in his face, and they're going to take away that first read from him. So if Brock Purdy and the rest smart, they're going to go right to his second read. The first read's going to be gone. Yeah, it's just one of those things where we keep talking about it, and I'm. It's not that I'm a Justin defender or an apologist. I'm just saying if you get pressure in any quarterback's face it's going to be problematic for them. And we saw this happen. And it's funny how quickly the tables turn because everybody was so, oh, my goodness, do the Bears have two quarterbacks? Do they really have the heir apparent? He's right behind Justin. You haven't heard anybody since his last start say that, oh, you know, oh, you know that they don't even need to, to draft somebody in the first round with the first pick. Because they got the quarterback sitting right there. He's yeah. sitting right behind Justin Fields. Haven't heard one thing of that. You thought Brock Purdy Jr. was going to come in and do something, didn't you? Well, the whole issue about it is now hindsight's always twenty twenty, <laughs> And so uh, you never know what the future holds because we know uh, that backup is already one slide away. Yeah, I mean, every team now has to have a great <laughs> backup. Someone who can come in once that head man goes down and can carry you and win you a game. But the question is right now. Is it – and I'll ask this question, Jay. Okay. Is it an evolution that you're seeing with the Packers or to your point earlier about Brock Purdy, is just – is is love in a system? Is Jordan Love in a system that's built around him? Or is Jordan Love – is he the guy? No. He's a Brett Favre clone. Mm. Just like Aaron Rodgers was a Brett Favre clone. And now, look, doesn't Jordan Love look like uh, Aaron Rodgers? Funny enough, <laughs> there are certain mechanics, certain way he runs. That moves, arm slot. That arm sling, the the way he does certain things, you're like, wow, that looks familiar. I think they've been in the lab. And when you're sitting behind the man, and you're watching the man, like, let me go back. You know, it's, it's like, you know how the kid be watching his older brother? Mm-hmm. Have, you ever noticed, have you ever noticed most of the time, if you have uh, kids who play basketball, how how often that the younger one becomes the better ball player out of them all, right? Because he's been watching them since he was two or three years old. I'm just saying when Lord when Love came in, there was no pressure on him. Nobody said that he was going to go in there and start over Aaron Rodgers, except for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came in. Aaron Rodgers was a little hot under the collar that he went and got this kid because I think he saw something in him. Well, I think you go back to your point that obviously their scouting commission group 
team, whatever their scouts Whoever are. that guy is up in Green Bay. Whoever those guy or guys, or it could be a young lady, it doesn't matter to me. They have a formula, Look, and they stick to that formula. It's some guy up there who's been eating cheese, <laughs> and he know he knows the mechanics that he's looking for, and somehow or another he finds these mechanics. But you know, you know, even though uh, Favre came out of Atlanta when he first came in, but they brought him up there. But I rest assured that somebody up there has had that same lineage because they find these guys, and Jordan Love. Throws people open as you see today. He's throwing. He's throwing people open. He's going to throw for big numbers today. It's just amazing how they're able to plug and play and keep the same system going and change and change coaches. Different coaches, different players, but same philosophy. Yeah, and that becomes scary when you ask, "Is this, um, is this is this thing just system based or is is this guy the real deal? Well, I just I don't know. I, I like Jordan Love. I mean, when he first came in early, I didn't know if, as a young quarterback. You always got to wait to find out because the speed of the game is the speed of the game, and can they keep up with it? But all of a sudden, when you saw it, all of a sudden it slowed down for him, and he knew what he was doing, and he hasn't stopped yet. You know, and he's and he's quarterbacking well. Now I haven't. Now we haven't seen anybody take the wood to him yet, so I'm waiting to see how he's going to react when he gets punched in the mouth. Because he really hasn't been punched in the mouth, like really just beat up like that kid from Washington, the quarterback from Washington. Remember how he just got nuclear bombed? I think he got nuclear bombed out the first round. I don't know if it was the first. I, yeah. I don't think anybody's talking about taking him in the first. Yeah, round. Yeah. And, and, and non kudos to his coach. They should have pulled him when he was getting beat like that. Because that didn't help. I mean, he's a tough guy, but you could, you know, oh, you know, he, there's no reason for him to get get in there and stay, get beat like that. That was just terrible. So here's the question, Jay. Oh. Because now I'm looking at some things, and and you're wondering about the system versus the philosophy and the culture. The Packers culture seems to be something that is beyond the system, or the Packers culture is the system, or the system is the culture. However, it goes. It's Lombardi. It's that Lombardi lineage because now you've got Mike McCarthy who is expected to get an extension with the Cowboys. Is he extension eligible to you? He's had them playing well by, if you look at the record, right? Okay. They have just faltered when it came to playoff time. Is that the fault of Mike McCarthy or is that these players can't execute? Because – I want Stephen A. Smith on this. I'm not betting on Dak. You know, if Dak, if well, remember that in Goodfellas where the one guy smoosh, moosh, if but if he bet on the horse, you, if you bet on the horse, you were going to lose. That's Dak Prescott. You know, he's not the guy. And if so, if you look at it, he throws huge numbers. But you saw what happened. He throws huge, and this has been ongoing now. This is not something new. Now this is just an album. This isn't just a. A uh, a red swan or whatever or whatever the situation or a black swan type situation. This has been going, and everybody, nobody thought he was. They were going to get mollywop like they got mollywop. Um, so wait, you can't blame what the Packers de- the offense did to the the Cowboys defense. You can't blame what the can you blame what the Packers defense did against the Cowboys offense? I you know here's the thing. <laughs> 
Here's the thing, because you sound like uh, C.D. Lamb's mama, who said Dak ain't it. Uh, if he isn't it, then who is? What well, what I'm saying to you, right? But my question is to you: You want is Dak Prescott? If he's available, nobody's going to spend him thirty million dollars. But if he's available, if, if he was available, you want him to be the Chicago Bears quarterback? No. Why not? Because you see the same as you just said. You <laughs> see the same pattern coming. So why I'm gonna get all it's. Ask, would I rather Dak or Russell Wilson? The fighting Sierras? I'd take Russell any day over Dak. The fighting Sierras? The fighting Sierras. Put Dak Prescott at Denver and then take oh, Russell and put oh, him oh, the, co- the Cowboys. The Cowboys will play a lot better consistently mm-hmm. with Russell. In front of that offensive line, Dak had everything he needed. You got C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. One of the best wide receivers, the, the best wide receiver that the Cowboys have ever had. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. Maybe the last, the best well, one no, they've no, no. had since. Come on, come on now, come on now. Since I, Mike retired, since yeah, Irvin no, retired. Come on, come on now, come on, come on. CD, CD, hold all the else. records, baby. You know, you got all, you got all the records. I don't know. I've had him in fantasy. I'm not impressed. Well, you know, here's the thing about it. But who's throwing him the football? Well, for a while, because Dak has been out. So, okay, it was a lot of people. And you wondered to yourself, is this whole CD? So, Remember two years ago, the question was, is CD Lamb going to be there? Well, true that. But here's the question about with CD Lamb, who is soft-spoken, right, who don't who don't push back on nothing, you saw him uh, throw a little side lip off over to – Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott was like, hey, yo, man, I don't know if he sounded exactly so like that. So did Michael Parsons. Right. Yo, man, uh, you need to be – so So let me ask a question. If you're the leader of that ball club, do people side lip talk to you like that? No, 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 no. They wouldn't do that to Aaron Rodgers. No, they wouldn't do that to Tom Brady either. They wouldn't do that to John Elway. No. Who else would they wouldn't do it to? I mean, you can go through the line. Dan Lamar, Marino, the, Lamar Jackson said when, at halftime, he said, oh, "Lamar, what, what, what happened? Who, what happened at halftime?" He says, um, "I can't really say what was said at halftime." He didn't say it that way. Yes, he did. Yes, no, no, he no. did. No, <laughs> I, I know Lamar Jackson. I, I it didn't it. come out that way. Well, no, not that smooth. No, it did not. I know it did. <laughs> but, I knew you know, but, sir. But he did say. Uh, they said, "Well, what was it? Oh, it was a uh, profanity lace." Well, who was doing all the talking? Me. You know, me. And you see all of the players around Lamar Jackson, you see them all. When something happens to Lamar, they all run to Lamar. They all protect Lamar. You better. They do all that. How many times we see Justin Fields get clapped up over there and his offensive line didn't even go over there? Okay. Now, is that a – now, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. His defense loves him. And you know on the other side, if your defense is riding for your quarterback, then your offensive line better be riding as hard, look, or look, they look. got to go. I have seen, One, two, three. I have seen Justin Field. Four of them need to go. Take a hit that he shouldn't have taken. Yep. And a lot of times, none of his offensive linemen came over there to help him off the ground. I didn't see nobody trying to chop nobody down after that. Usually, you gonna okay, come up and, I, and, and, and there's supposed to be a fight with somebody. Come hits on, your look at that. It his line. I mean, you got one dude that would do something, and that's Tevin Jenkins. But you got to be on the field to be an enforcer. You can't not not be on the field and and act like you're going to do something. But you're going to talk from the sideline like, but, you better not do that no more. I'm but, over here. But where's the love? The love is gone. No, I don't think the love has ever been there. I think that they are so 
remember, you had a, <laughs> a rookie, Tevin Jenkins, who stood up for his quarterback, and one of his vets told him, Right, absolutely. Oh, don't do that no more. Right. Absolutely. And so, what? And what does that show you about your ball club? Come on, bro. Right. Nah, this and, is my QB. Right. I'm riding. And, and they all and they all should have been kicked out of the game. It should have been just. Oh, sorry. Does anybody want anybody want to wear the number seventy two? We need some offensive linemen. I, I'm telling you now. I feel more and more you're finding it's the culture of the Bears that is being pervasive of the Bear of this whole thing that. If you're going to ride with Justin, and here's the question. It's not just the offensive lineman. Because, uh-huh. you know, now a lot of people are talking, but a lot of those defensive guys are chirping now. Do they see that the organization hasn't been 100 with Justin? Well, the question is this, right? Should should the organization be 100 with Justin? Okay. He's your quarterback. Is, In the great words of Lovey uh-uh. Smith, this wasn't your choice at quarterback with this new administration. It doesn't matter. He's the one on the co- on the field right and, now. And I think if they had opportunity to move Justin at some point in time and could have got something for him, I think they might have. Okay, then move him. But I don't get think, something. I don't think they're going to. Now. What were you going to get? I'm saying I don't think they're going to now. I just think what the situation is. That's why I think they dumped Getsy and all of them out of there. Well, okay, again, you. You big and bad. Where, where, where put then this, get rid of it. Where, where's the blame at? Is the blame had to be placed somewhere, so they put the blame on the coaching staff. Even Justin said that earlier in the season. Remember that? Well, mm-hmm. you know the coaching staff. Blah 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 blah. So now you have a situation where you have Justin Fields. Now, okay, we have decided we're going to bunch this coaching staff out of here. Now, what you going to do? You going to be the man now? Well, that, that is the question because you don't you don't have you don't have you, you can't now go through and say well it's that coaching staff now because we're we're trying to go out here and give Cliff Kingsbury for you. Here's the thing: since we all have our own opinion on Justin, with Justin, the question is: Are you going to be the man? You going to step up now? He has to and say I'm going to be the man because I hear all this the talk about different offensive coordinators and woo woo woo. Ladies and gentlemen, if your offensive coordinator is worth any salt in the NFL, they're going to be moving on. So if he had a good coordinator, he would be looked at as a head coach position. You haven't heard of one person say Luke Getze has come in to interview as their OC. I think he might be going to Valparaiso. (laughs) I don't even think Valpo would take him. The bad part is I think he's going to be a – Either a quarterback's coach. I'll say a quarterback's coach. He's going to be a quarterback or, coach. Or, and I don't even know if it's going to be a quarterback's coach. He might be some kind of assistant or special assistant to the quarterback's coach or to an offensive. I think the best place you're going to see Luke Getze is going to be in New Jersey. Well, I keep saying New Jersey. The, at the Jets. Wow. Let's put him on the scrap heap. Well, you're going to have the only place he's going to be able to go is either back to Green Bay. No, and they don't need him. They're not taking him back up there. So the only other thing you can hang your hat on is that you become some kind of special coordinator or some kind. Of, they find some kind of position to put you in with Aaron Rodgers at the Jets. No, Aaron Rodgers don't want him back. He already got somebody to carry his, his uh, bag for him. And the question is, how long is Aaron Rodgers going to be at the Jets? Well, the question is, is he going to? Yeah, is, is, yeah. talking about you talking about the Achilles? Yeah. So I mean, you know, he tried to. You know, he he's making the early comeback as oh, a buzz. Oh, he was all healed, right? Yeah. Well, well, the all-knowing one, the all-seeing one. I'm, I'm healed in six weeks. Look, 
Aaron Rodgers was going to sit in the dark in a cave for six days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He he is sitting on who was he going out with? Danica Patrick was it that bad? I don't even know if he's with Danica anymore. Here's the so. the crazy part. Is is he really sitting in a dark place, or is he just closing the windows in his room and just lighting up? You know what? I just think I, you know it's funny when you have guys who've got reaching that type of notoriety and they have that much money. Maybe it's just like everything that they were trying to get, they got, mm-hmm. and now what's the next thing? Yeah, there is no next thing. He doesn't need a new house. Doesn't need a new car. What kind of clothes? What kind of watch? None of that. None of it. I mean, he doesn't need anything anymore. He his family's good. Yeah, everything for, for generations. Like he bought his dad whatever truck he wanted, his right. mom and them. They have whatever house. Even if his parents get old and get sick, he can build them a house where they can do their rehabbing or their convalescing there. Yeah, and so the thing about it is but there, when you don't have the one worry that you always have, He's going to Canton. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to have his the bus there. He's going to be forever beloved in Green Bay. Uh, but he's just been that guy from California that people just didn't like, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and, rightfully so. He's made a, a culture where not liking him was his thing. That was his. That was his motivation. And that's when you start seeing that weird haircut weird on his dude. head. Yes, and the, and the different colors and, his, and like, and he don't even look right doing that. And the crazy part is, I knew something was wrong when he was r- running around. I, I just have a thing about men who wear porn mustaches. It just <laughs> something that sits ill with me about it. I don't understand. Back it, in the seventies. Yeah. Okay. If you're John Chambers or somebody like that, you can wear that in the seventies. But now, no, no, no. There's a there's a great clip somewhere you can go. Sir. Either or 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 you could be an airline pilot. One or two things. Airline pilot still wears. Or you could be in the military. I mean, I, no, I military it. guys still sport that much. Yes, but they're young and they're doing that. You know, the older ones just cut it all off because they don't want to show all the gray. Yeah, well, you know, you can't go in front of your brigade and your unit and your your frosty the snowman on top. Hey, be hey, be careful there, sir. <laughs> But see, they know we the old dogs, so they know <laughs> when we come in, they already say, oh, yes, sir, the old men are here. I'm good with that. You know, I say, look, <laughs> you have to walk up the stairs. With this hip? No, y'all bringing that all downstairs. Right. My office would never be over the second no I second was, floor. No I was sorry. laughing. I was at an event. They said, oh, the young men, uh, can you come up and help move some of this stuff? And <laughs> we all looked around at each other, all the ogre. They ain't talking to us. Right. Oh, yeah. my goodness. We were at an event. One of uh, the lovely brothers of uh, Finu Pie jumped up and said, hey, man, every time I hear Atomic Dog, the brothers are setting it out. I said, oh, okay, well. Send it out in your chair. Yeah, you go find them brothers and have them set it out. Check, I'm not, bruh. I, the Lord knows I got one good hop in me, and it won't be for today, Jack. That's not it. No, that no. is not you, it. You, you don't you don't see the you don't see the old bros jumping out no, there like that. That's for the young men. Let them go ahead and do what they do. I, you know, I just sit here and relax, and I support them. What happened before the atomic dog? Well, uh, you the old men didn't have to worry about setting out hops. But yeah, when you had a lot of the, the I've looked at scenes a lot of the. The uh, Q strolls back in the day, and, mm. and, and back in the day, and, and they were on par. But once Atomic Dog hit, 
Well, yeah, once you got in a more physical style, you got physical brothers who came in, and, and a lot of that style then was copied. Again, culture. So now you're talking about men who now set a standard, and now everybody has to meet that standard. So let me ask you a question. Was I know we're off topic now. Do you think the Atomic, the atomic Dog, the song itself, changed the culture of the fraternity? No. No, the culture changed uh, with the the introduction of the COINTELPRO. So you're talking about late 60s, early 70s, yeah. the whole culture changed. And by the time the 80s came around, where you got to George Clinton and the Atomic Dog, there was a cultural shift. There was a cultural shift going on in America. So it was a whole new, it was a revolution and evolution of everything going on. Yeah. And it it's funny enough to bring it back to football that's the same thing we're seeing with right now where the Green Bay Packers are because it's the culture that is propelling them because right now they're in the fourth quarter. It's 21-17. Green Bay's still on top. But now you're beginning to wonder, is this Green Bay thing going to happen again? Is this another 10 years oh. of dominance. If they if they can keep that offensive line together, mm-hmm. somehow or another they figure out to keep how to keep offensive line together. If they can do that, then it's going to be interesting to see cuz you got if you keep a quarterback upright, he can beat you. Mm-hmm. We know in the NFL if that quarterback is still standing and his his jersey's not too dirty, he's probably the winning quarterback. And here l- let me give some roses to Eberflus and his staff. I don't know and I've always learned that in a situation, people who are really good get people who are better around them to make them great. And so I'm thinking Eberflus needs to find a greater defensive coordinator that can help to solidify. And a lot of times you're not going to find that, but with older coaches, ones who are – Yeah, but, you know, who, who now? Whose aspiration isn't all, to become the head coach. All these guys are in their 70s, and, and, and they had a coach like that before – and. They let him, you know. Get, yeah, get, you get, find the Leslie Frazier. You find the the Chico Rivera. You find the guys who are like, look, I don't want any part of this head coaching. And that's why I said earlier when we were on with Frank the Tank, Steve Wilkes is the guy I'm looking at. Fred is the guy, to me, who did an amazing job in Carolina with what they had last but year. But will that old school style coach, does he translate to this new school? Well, that Eberflus learned it. He had to learn that Tampa too. But, that cover two from somebody but, old. But here's the issue now. Now you got these guys coming in with nil money. Mm-hmm. Even though they're under that rookie contract, they're coming in with five, six, seven million dollars right. in the bank already. So, but you, I'm making more than you, coach. Well, that's cool. But you're still not winning more than me. And the reality is to stay in the league, you got to win. Look at Montez Sweat on Washington with Ron Rivera. You know he knew how to put them together. He was a heck of a coordinator. He was probably a better D.C. for the Bears than Lovey Smith was. Riverboat. But it still all fell apart. None of them are there. They tried to hold on. The problem with the Bears' defense is, again, they don't have the three technique to make this system that they're trying to run work. And as long as you can keep grasping at straws, doesn't matter. If you pay Jalen Johnson 21 or 22, 24 million, that's on you. You got enough to do it. But the reality is, 
he's going to get held up like everybody else. Their front, their back four is better than their front four. Yeah, and they got to they got to put somebody alongside Billings. Mm-hmm. You know, you paid him the money. You got to get somebody next to him now. If you don't put somebody next to him who can win these one on ones, somebody somebody's got to eat up the double team, and somebody's got to win the one on ones. Now, if you're telling me that you're getting Joe O, I'll I can sign off on that. But to me, at this point. If you don't get Newton out of in Illinois to be your three technique, then you failed in the draft. Yeah, they they need they need to make sure both of these offensive and defensive lines are um, fully. What's the correct word I'm for? Stocked. Yeah, you've got to get a foundational piece at that left tackle, that three technique. Whoever you bring in in these first two rounds, and I here's the funny part. You keep hearing pundits and talking heads. You can't have it both ways. The Bears can't trade the first pick and still get Caleb Williams. It's not going to work that way. No, but but the question is, I don't think they're going. I don't think that's the route they're going. I know that I don't think it is. You don't think it is, but a lot of people still think. I've heard. Uh, I know. Uh, was was he and his brother used to play for Seattle? The house, the Hasselback, Hasselback guys. Yeah. He still thinks the Bears are going to take uh, Drake May with the number one pick. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm just like, absolutely are not. you there's, serious? There's no way that's happening. Yeah, Drake May is going to be. There will, get, there, will, there will be, it will be like the people coming after Frankenstein with torches <laughs> and pitchforks. And pitchforks and burning them at run, the stake. Running, running, up, <laughs> running up to Hallis Hall, chasing them out of there. There's no, there's no way they, they, they take Drake May. So, again, it's one of those things where if you don't come out of this draft with two transformational pieces because you have two top ten picks, yeah, then everybody at Hallis Hall should be fired. And that glows for ownership, too. You can't even fire well, them. Well, I mean, not, but, everybody this, should be but fired. now this is Ryan Paul's ball club now. You know, this is Ryan, This is all Ryan Paul's now. Is, is it? Yeah, it's all him. It's all him. I mean, I guarantee you that, that removing of Getsy, that was Paul's. Because I'm pretty sure Poles was like, you couldn't make him work at all? Well, did this the best we got out of him? He fell apart? No. Is Or is your team president saying, in public he's saying I support you, but in private he's like, hey, bro, hey, no, nah, dog, that ain't going to work. Well, that I mean, dog ain't going to hunt. The problem is, too, but they're still going back and forth about where the stadium is going to be at. We going out there and now we come now now we're gonna take over half a Lake Show Drive. Yeah, I'm like JB Stats. So now what is Kevin Warren good at doing? Well, we're gonna find out. Well, you know who it is. You know what it is. He's Jay Sizzle. I'm G Sizzle. It's the Sizzle, and you know what we do around the ten o'clock hour. We always bring you the hottest mix. So get ready for the Jay Sizzle. Is this the eighties mix? Which one? You want the eighties mix or you want the house mix? Man, let's do the eighties mix. Let let's me flip, let me flip it over. Oh, here we go! <laughs> it just, it just, the, the lights just came on in here. I don't know what lights these are. It's, it's gonna be good. y'all ready? This is the '80s. Hey man, this is the '80s mix. Hey, you know who it is? It's the Sizzle here on WGVE eighty-eight point seven FM.
the hip, the hip, the hip, the hip, the hip, the hip, hop, you don't stop the rocket to the bang, bang, boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Now what you hear is not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello. Up to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, and the purple, and yellow. But first, I gotta bang, bang, the boogie to the boogie. Say, up, jump the boogie to the bang, bang, boogie. Let's rock. You don't stop. Rock the rhythm that'll make your body rock. Well, so far, you've heard my voice, but I brought two friends along. And next on the mic is my man, Hank. Come on, Hank, sing that song. Check it out. I'm the C-A-S-N, the O-V-A, and the rest is F-L-Y. You see, I go by the code of the doctor of the mix. And these reasons, I'll tell you why. You see, I'm six foot one and I'm tons of fun and I dress to a D. You see, I got more clothes than Muhammad Ali and I dress so viciously. I got bodyguards, I got two big cars, I definitely ain't the whack. I got a Lincoln Continental and a son new Cadillac. So after school, I take a dip in the pool, which is really on the wall. I got a color TV so I can see the Knicks play basketball. Him and juggle my checkbook, cause it cost more money than a sucker could ever spend. But I wouldn't give a sucker or a bum from the rock and not a dime till I made it again. Everybody go, oh, tell, more, tell, what you gonna do today? Cause I'm gonna get a fly girl, gonna get some spring and drive off in a death OJ. Everybody go, oh, tell, more, tell, holiday in. Say, if your girl starts acting up, then you take a friend. I'm not the G. Well, it's on and on and on and on and on. The beat don't stop until the break of dawn. I said a M A S a T E R a G with a double E. I said I go by the unforgettable name of the man they call a Master G. Well, my name is known all over the world by all the foxy ladies and the pretty girls. I'm going down in history as the baddest rapper that ever could be. Now I'm feeling the highs and you're feeling the lows. The beat starts getting into your toe. You start popping your fingers and stop on your feet and moving your body while you're sitting in your seat. Then damn, you start doing the freak. I said bam, I ride out of your seat. Then you throw your hands high in the air. You're rocking to the rhythm, shake your dairy air. You're rocking to the beat without a care. Cause the short shot MCs for the affair. Now I'm not as tall as the rest of the gang, but I rap to the beat just the same. I got a little face and a pair of brown eyes. All I'm here to do, ladies, is hypnotize. Singing on and, and on and on and on and on. The beat don't stop until the break of dawn. I sing it on and, and on and on and on and on like a hot but the pop, the pop, the pop, the pop, the pop, pop, the pop, pop. You don't dare stop but come alive, y'all. Give me what you got. I guess by now you can take a hunch and find that I am the baby of the bunch, but that's. Okay, I still keep in stride, cause all I'm here to do is just wiggle your behind. Sing it on and, and on and on and on. The beat don't stop until the break of dawn. Sing it on and, and on and on and on and on. Rock, rock, yo. I throw it on the floor. I'm gonna freak you here. I'm gonna freak you there. I'm gonna move you out of this atmosphere. Cause I'm one of a kind and I'll shock your mind. I put the jig, jig, jiggles in your behind. I say the one, two, three, four. Come on, girls. I get on the floor. I come alive, yo. Give me what you got, cause I'm guaranteed to make you rock. I said one, two, three, four, tell me one to my, what are you waiting for? To the hip, hop, the hippie to the hip, the hip, hip, the hopper, you don't stop, rock it to the bang, bang the boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Well, skittle me, but we rock a Scooby-Doo, and well, guess what, America, we love you, well, cause you're rocking and a roll with us so much so, you can rock till you're 101 years old. I don't mean to brag, I don't mean to boast, but we like hot butter on a breakfast toast, rock it out. Baby Bubba, baby Bubba to the boogie, then bang bang the boogie to the beat. Beat is so unique. Come on, everybody, and dance to the beat. 
Chills on me, chills there, it's Bill's Zombie, that's my man. Come on, get on my double dutch bus.
Thanks for listening to your number one source for the best in sports, music, and culture. The Sizzle, the hottest talk show in the 219. We're with you every Saturday night from 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share The Sizzle 219 on every social media platform you're on and wherever you get your favorite podcast. We are The Sizzle here on Gary's Voice of Education. WGVE 88.7 FM.